Who is the running back to draft in a hotly contested AFC West backfield? Which AFC East sophomore is rapidly rising up ADP? And who is the Tampa Bay receiver to grab now? Plus, 12-time FFPC and Football Guys League winner and 2022 Pros versus Joes competitor Liz Ballard joins us to break down her Pros versus Joes team from Tuesday night and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you and greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss our uh, expectations for Colts running back Naheem Hines in Indianapolis. Corey Davis's newly slimmed down frame in New York and how that relates to fantasy ADP and what you should be doing in the FFPC main event and football guys drafts and 12-time FFPC and football guys league winner in 2022 uh, FFPC pros versus Joe's competitor Liz Ballard will join us to not only talk about some of the players she's been drafting uh, so far this season but how her draft turned out we're going to go through that and uh, get her thoughts on how well it went how well it didn't go and what her chances are at uh, winning her league to get that free 2023 FFPC main event. We'll also get into uh, her favorite late round running back dart throw and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman. And of course, check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. You can also post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFR. You can email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, Send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, and all the emails in our fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob. In case you haven't noticed it, for about the last three weeks or so, the FFPC main event slow drafts have been off and running. If you want to take your shot at a million-dollar grand prize, you can do that. Two-hour clocks, six-hour clocks. It is a season-long fantasy football industry record to give away a million dollars for first place this year, but we're doing it. And you can be the first FFPC millionaire when you join the FFPC main event today. Multiple football guys, players, championship drafts are filling up every day. In fact, <clears throat> I'm commissioning the midnight draft tonight and I was ready to say, Hey, join the midnight draft and, and let's have some fun tonight, but that's already full. So we open up another midnight draft and I'll be commissioning that as well. So if you want to jump in, have some midnight action coming up in about two hours or so, uh, do that at myffpc.com, the inaugural Superflex Best Ball Tournament. If you saw the FFPC mailer today, you'll notice that we're about 80% full already on that, and it's still July. So if you want to get in on that, make sure you're doing it right now. Our uh, 2022 uh, second annual FFPC Best Ball Tournament is filling up as well. $200,000 grand prize at just a $125 entry fee. Uh, that's at myffpc.com. Dynasty Startups, of course, going uh, anywhere from $75 entry, uh, $77 entry fee, I beg your pardon, up to a $2,500 entry fee uh, with the FFPC. And of course, if you want to play in a closed 12-team league where you're just competing against 11 other owners, you can do that at myffpc.com via slow, live, and sit-and-go options for your timers. Varsity, Terminator, um, Best Ball, Classic, um, everything you want. Superflex there uh, as well. So you can check that out at myffpc.com. Of course, I want to remind you, to join the Kentucky Fantasy Football Championships run to daylight right now, as well as the Draft Masters, but probably more importantly, check out the main events, which we, they have going on right now. Uh, you're looking at the kickoff division uh, in the FFPC, uh, beg your pardon, in the KFFSC. That is just with five teams left. That draft goes off Sunday evening at 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, and then remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified if you're watching this 
on the FFPC YouTube channel. We certainly appreciate it. Let's bring in tonight's uh, host with the most. He is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football over at KFFSC.com. It is the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in tonight, man. Appreciate you joining us once again. Good evening, Balky. Where would I rather be? Yeah, it's Friday night, right? This is sort of our jam. Um, I know yes. we've been we've been going hard with pros versus Joes, and we'll be going hard with pros versus Joes again next week as well. But we get a little bit of a respite tonight because you and I will be doing less talking. We will let an expert talk. She is Liz Ballard. She's coming up in 10 minutes tonight, which is going to be a lot of fun. Remember to follow uh, Liz on Twitter at LizBallard09. Before we can get to Liz, we got to go through what's going on in the NFL right now. Obviously, with training camps heating up, there is much more news. And we'll start right in my backyard with the Green Bay Football Packers. ESPN.com's Rob Domoski, who covers the team for the website, says that Romeo Dobbs looks, quote, NFL ready. Now, he was a fourth-round pick this past year, and he's been looking very, very good in training camp. He caught a, uh, a couple of great passes. I uh, beg your pardon. He made a couple of great catches over the last couple of days. Uh, in Green Bay Packers training camp. Remember, Christian Watson had his right knee scoped um, after OTAs, so he is not practicing right now. Sammy Watkins just came off the NFI list, so um, he's a little bit behind the the uh, the curve here. But Romeo Dobbs, 28% career yardage share, and obviously played very, very well for the Wolfpack in his last three years. He's primarily in college was a deep threat, but it looks like he's got all the makings of a pro right now. I can't find anybody up here right now in Northeast Wisconsin, Farrell, that has anything bad to say about Romeo Dobbs. And I'll tell you this right now, as far as the um, the Football Guys Players Championship, um, and we'll cite the ADP right now, thanks to FantasyMojo.com's Darren Armani at FantasyMojo on Twitter, who provides us all the ADP. He has climbed up. He started off the, uh, the week as a 20th round flyer. He's now going in the early 19th, and that may not seem like it's a lot, but you're talking about two, almost two full rounds here. And he hasn't really done anything of note except for a couple of good days of practice. I think Romeo Dobbs is going to continue to climb up ADPs. And if you're looking for a late-round flyer, Farrell, I think you can do a lot worse than Dobbs. Bucky, um, residents of your part of the world are used to identifying talent. And you've certainly identified one here. Dobbs is uh, – I was surprised he was still on the board. It, it speaks to the depth of wide receivers that were in this draft, and I think the Packers made an absolute steal. Anyone like me who does not sleep and is part vampire might have seen him <laughs> in the Mountain West contest. Uh, and, it, yes, to, the, the first time I saw him uh, as a member in Nevada Wolfpack, when it, I said this is the most professional-looking player on the field, and it doesn't surprise me that, Two years later, that translates right into an NFL camp in a place where the wide receivers are tall, fast, angular, and everything about what the NFL wants now. This player is built a little differently. But he's a very physically tough player. I like him. Everyone should draft him. He was drafted back here in our Super Bowl drafts uh, uh, over uh, during the big game weekend, and, and I'm surprised that there hasn't been more um, – more gasoline on the proverbial fire of Mr. Romeo. Yeah, and I and I think it's only gonna get it's only gonna get hotter. That fire is only gonna burn brighter. Uh, so make sure if you are drafting right now, which you should be, getting Romeo Dobbs in the 18th, 19th round is gonna sound a lot better than a month from now when you're getting their 12. This is this is how championships are won. Uh, the Athletics to Sean Reed, who covers the uh, Las Vegas Raiders for that outlet, says Kenyon Drake is expected to maintain a quote significant role in the Raiders backfield. Now, Josh McDaniels comes from the school of Bill Belichick where they rotate running backs like you and I would rotate clothing on a daily basis, Farrell. Um, and obviously they have Zamir White, who they traded up for in the fourth round there as well. Um, however, White is currently not practicing. We don't know why. We know he's hurt. We just don't know what the injury was. Drake uh, broke his ankle last year and obviously did not have a great season. However, uh, when you consider that Josh Jacobs is a free agent after this season, after the Raiders declined to offer them that uh, that fifth-year option, um, the, the team option that they have the opportunity to do, and the fact that um, Zamir White's still a rookie, there's some value. And I know we've talked about this before, but now we're seeing stuff actually going on. We're getting real reports from boots on the ground in Las Vegas. Kenyon Drake right now running back 66 in the 16th round. Kind of goes without saying here, but again, if you're looking for a flyer, I really like Kenyon Drake in the 16th. And quite frankly, I was drafting him earlier than that a few weeks ago, too. 
Yeah, and it, he's a guy that a lot of us took last year. I was very high on him and had him in most of my drafts, and it's just an unfortunate year. He's he's one of the lasting gifts from Gruden, uh, and uh, he will be any, – any coaching staff that inherits a talent like this ought to know how to apply him. I think perhaps he uh, – when you look at that backfield as a unit, um, less responsibility for Jacobs uh, between the 20s might provide uh, – much more productivity uh, as he enters the red zone. I'm all for Drake. I love stacking the players together. Uh, Liz got Jacobs last night. We'll have to look deeper in her draft and see if she ever considered getting Drake. But in a best ball format, or even a football guys, which we're working at now, um, I think uh, two great additions. And, you know, Balky, we'll have to straighten this out during the preseason and see where we want to be on these players as we get to the main event, because you know, what's going to happen in 40 days. I and you, sir, are going to be landing in Las Vegas and making our way to the planet Hollywood. 40 days, Balky. Four zero. Can't wait. 40 days and 40 nights until we're living it up in, uh, in Las Vegas, which I can't wait for. And obviously uh, it's going to be a banner year for the NFL and a banner year for the fantasy football industry as not only as the KFFSC increasing, uh, increasing their main event grand prize, but the FFPC doing the exact same with their main event. It's never been more lucrative to play in both of these events. Corey Davis, let's talk about him. He's never been this thin as a pro. He's down 10 to 15 pounds this season. He's playing at 205, according to the report in The Athletic. Corey Davis says he feels like he's faster, and he says his joints are thanking him <laughs> after he dropped off that extra weight. I think we've all been there. We know what it feels like. Corey Davis only played nine games last year. It wasn't because of a joint thing or anything like that, but he had a core muscle injury. This was his first year as the New York Jets. What did the Jets do in the offseason? Well, they're expecting bigger things from Elijah Moore, who was a pick, uh, I believe, in the second round last year. And then they went out and used their first-round pick on Garrett Wilson. Now, um, the, the question is, what can Corey Davis do uh, in an offense not only that is predicated on those those um, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis in the second and first rounds of the NFL draft. They want to use the second round pick this year on a pretty talented running back in Brees Hall. My, I am of the opinion, Farrell, when I look at the ADP of Corey Davis at wide receiver 75 in the 16th round, yeah, I mean, you're not expecting much in the 16th round, but I think he's a nice little buy. Again, this goes with the theme that we've started with the show here. Romeo Dobbs, not a bad way to spend the 19th round pick. Kenyon Drake, pretty good usage of a 16th round pick. Corey Davis, probably go in the 15th round. That's a good usage of it as well. Maybe it doesn't pan out, but in contests like the Football Guys Players Championship, which does have two preseason waiver wires and obviously two waiver wires after the season starts each week, Corey Davis is an easy cut. You're not investing a ton into him, and I like what the Jets are doing on offense. Corey Davis is a solid 15th rounder for me. I like all the players that they've added around him. And, you know, the Jets, when it comes to players on the field, they've They've had some subtractions of some pretty good players. Uh, Keelan Cole is no longer there, for instance, a good wide receiver. This club um, was injury riddled last year. They need talent to support this quarterback who only threw nine touchdowns last year. Elijah Moore and Davis were key contacts or key targets uh, for him, especially when they were on the field together. And that's going to be accentuated. Uh, by the talented rookie running back and the talented uh, wide receiver. I sure wish this team could develop a tight end. That's the missing piece to the puzzle, but that bodes well for the receivers in our business of fantasy football catching balls uh, from the young Wilson. I think it's a, I think it's a good play, and the Jets make a great uh, late stack as we all continue to talk about stacking our rosters with the same team of uh, players. What about C.J. Uzuma as a flyer in the 20th round as a tight end for the Jets this year? Is he going to be worth anything? Um, C.J. is a fantastic athlete. I'd like to see him put it together on the field. Um, I had I had high hopes for him in this position, and he's got a training camp to work it out. But he, too, walk in. I don't know if he's off of it yet, but I believe he began training camp on the, uh, on the pup list. I'm going to look at that right now to verify um, because I think you are right, and it's jogging my memory right now. Which is not a great, not a great way to start. Well, I mean, you can make this, the same case for Christian Watson. And I said that on my local radio show in Northeast Wisconsin today for a guy who is in a new offense at the professional level with a new OC, a new quarterback, a new head coach, new everything, and a guy who is very, very raw as he was in college to come to an offense now and start the season off hurt or recovering from surgery. Um, 
catching passes from a quarterback who historically has not thrown a ton to rookies. I am definitely curbing my enthusiasm with Christian Watson uh, as of right now. Uh, CJ Uzuma has been activated from the public as of a couple of days ago. So he is back practicing, which is good. And the fact that he's only a 20th round pick in the Football Guys Players Championship, again, this is the recurring theme. We're telling you about sleepers that you should be targeting. Everybody we've talked about so far, Uzuma, Corey Davis, um, Kenyon Drake, uh, Romeo Dobbs. These are all solid values at their current ADP, but you want to make sure you draft now and, before these guys go up in ADP. That's, and there is there is no tight end available that late with the athletic skills of, of Uzuma and, and the, the opportunity that he provides an offense. Uh, there's very few guys that can do all the things that he can do on the field. I and, just see him do them. And to get him at tight end 37, I mean, <laughs> num, 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 num. Great. Um, Peter King, who works for NBC, says he believes Ramondre Stevenson will get the bulk of the carries for the Patriots this year. Peter King was actually at New England Patriots training camp, and King said he thought Stevenson would be the starting running back by midseason. Now, this is uh, the other news we got from New England this week is that Ramondre Stevenson's um, not only shaved off seven pounds from his frame, but earlier in OTAs, we heard he was catching a lot of passes and working on his route running, which is obviously music to fantasy owners' ears in full PPR leagues like the FFPC and the Football Guys Players Championship. Um, you can't really expect in this offense to Ramondre Stevenson to, to all of a sudden become Najee Harris 2.0 as far as his volume goes, but he doesn't have to be when you consider he's running back 35 at the 810. He's going behind uh, Damian Harris, which I do believe will change shortly with this news coming out of New England. He's probably going to go ahead of him. He's also going behind Kareem Hunt, both Seahawks running backs, and Chase Edmonds. He is currently going ahead. He's moved ahead of not only the Magic Cord, Cordero Patterson, but James Cook as well. Farrell, when you look at the Patriots running back situation, we've heard it for many, many years, including a lot of talented guests on this show. Stay away from Patriots running backs. Are you able, Farrell? Are you strong enough? Are you man enough to stay away from Ramondi Stevenson in the late eighth, or is he a smart uh, choice there? I think he is a smart choice. They had a game last year that the Patriots actually won when the quarterback threw the ball for three times. So I'm, I'm thinking that there is something to the rushing attack uh, there in um, in New England. So it's a situation where uh, we thought big things from Stevenson last year. We liked him when we talked about him uh, with what he was going to do. I think everyone on that offense – the tide rises, all the offensive opportunities there uh, in New England. Uh, they're looking at a lot of 21 personnel there, uh, reenacting uh, John New Smith to a place in the lineup, uh, which which means an extra blocker uh, for whoever's running back there. Stevenson will get his share, and I like him a lot better than some of the guys going around him. Farrell, uh, we have a question from the chat right away, and it is from our good friend. I believe it's our good friend here. Well, I know he's our good friend. I just got to make sure he's the one who asked it. But I believe it's Kevin Williamson. Here. No, it wasn't Kevin Williamson. Um, it was uh, C's Backgrounds wants to know, will the bar be open at the sunrise at the Bourbon Turn Draft at the KFFSC coming up in Louisville in uh, in about a month, is the bar going to be open, or do or, or do we have to make other arrangements? Uh, the bar is always open at the KFFSC, and we will definitely have the bar open for the uh, the sunrise at the Bourbon Turn Draft. As a matter of fact, I've actually got permission to import some of our own bourbon oh. uh, to that event uh, as well. So you know, and and Balky, we did have an announcement. Uh, those of, uh, listeners who get our uh, KFFSC update. But we've now extended Sunday night hours for the uh, KFFSC draft. So we've got a full day Sunday, and we now have a sunset at the Bourbon Turn, which oh boy, invite you to uh, invite you to sign up with. You're going to have to work out your uh, you're going to have to work out your choices of dinner or drafting. Right? Yeah, I I kind of know which kind of know which way I'm leaning. There's always going to be. There's always going to be another dinner. There won't always be another draft, so that's probably the way I'm leaning right now. So that's awesome. Start the day with a sunrise and, and a bourbon, and then you end it with a sundown and a bourbon. That's have and with fantasy football. Uh, that's that's heaven in a glass right there. So um, that is uh, going to conclude our opening portion of the program with the uh, fantasy flash. We do have another question in the chat, but we're going to get to that when we bring our guest on here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to bring her in right now. This is her tenth year 
playing high stakes fantasy football and she's already got 12 by my count league titles under her belt so far. You actually watched her draft right on this YouTube channel on Tuesday night in the 2022 FFPC pros versus Joe's crane kick league. Number three, you follow her on Twitter at Liz Ballard zero nine, please welcome onto the program, making her debut, the incomparable Liz Ballard. Liz, welcome to the program. Hi, Eric. Hi, Farrell. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you on. This is this no is awesome, awesome stuff. Um, so let's so let's before we get to fantasy football, Liz, when you are not crushing a dozen plus leagues in the FFPC and undoubtedly winning your pros versus Joe's league this year as well. What are you doing to spend your time? What are you doing for a living? Uh, well, I'm a teacher. Um, I teach middle school social studies. I have mm. some sixth graders, some eighth graders, so they always keep me on my toes. Um, I have been, uh, I've written a couple of books. So uh, the summertime, I usually like to, you know, do some writing. Um, so I've self-published a couple of, of books and uh, just been hanging out like this, this summer has kind of sucked in a sense. I have a uh, herniated disc, so I've been kind of laying low. Yeah, I was, I canceled all travel plans and have just been, you know, trying to like not hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting, Liz, that you bring this up, that you're a teacher, because I think for the first time ever, my wife, who is also a teacher, all of a sudden popped into the Facebook chat of the broadcast tonight saying that she might come to Louisville this year, Farrell, for no the KFFSC. Way. This is news to me. I am. This is the first time I'm ever seeing uh, this as, as well. So, yes, teachers filling the uh, draft room tonight, not only Liz, but with my wife and then, of course, our Ivy League professor from Cornell, Hudson Kern Reeve hanging out in here. Uh, what fantastic night, Farrell. And without further ado, let's get into this pros versus Joe's draft. Well, that's great. And Liz, congratulations on uh, being uh, such a prolific player in your 10 years. What a resume that you have built. And, and please keep building. I was thrilled to watch your draft. I'm, I'm, now I learned that you are certainly not on the PUP list. You are front and center and ready to go. And what I really liked um, uh, about your draft was the second half of it. The, the, when you went through the receivers in the double digit, each one you drafted later, I liked more. And I thought this team is really going to go somewhere. Early on when we had uh, Dave Terpoli with us, oh, Dave Terp uh, talked about how he didn't like the fact that you added uh, quarterback and tight end early. I thought that it made no difference, especially with the build that you applied and the fact that you got Najee Harris, a potential 80-90 catch running back to start the draft. Um, congratulations on going to get the guys that you got. Uh, was that a plan to add Andrews and Josh Allen early, or was it just a you just couldn't resist it? No, it was not a plan. And as a matter of fact, after I picked Josh Allen, I like went into a little bit of a tailspin. Like, what did you just do? Because <laughs> I mean, I was like, then I'm watching all of these, all these wide receivers that I wanted, but I didn't want uh -huh. Larky. I didn't want Larky to get, uh, I didn't want him to get the stack. So it was a little bit of defense. And now as I'm thinking back on it, it's like, you know what? Your fourth and fifth pick just really screwed up your whole draft because no. Had I not taken Josh Allen and I had just taken any one of those wide receivers, right? And you know, and he had taken Allen and everything else had fallen the same way, I would have gotten Lamar Jackson on the backside and the whole rest of the draft could have pretty much gone the same way. Yeah, I would have picked up and I would have picked up some different quarterbacks. I probably would have targeted like Russell Wilson, but like I like my fourth and fifth picks. I was like, oh my God, like you know, when you're just like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> And so I'm sitting there like, like, I'm like, oh my God, you're like on YouTube and your whole draft is coming unraveling and it's going to be there forever. Like, what are you doing? And, but I, I agree that like the second half, like I want to say from like pick nine on, I recovered. It was salvageable. Like from, from Fryermouth on, it was good. But like the two Josh picks, the two Josh picks were like awful. Well, Liz, let me ask you that because, you know, as a veteran of the FFPC main event, the Football Guys Players Championship, when you're going against, uh, you know, 11 other owners, but you're competing for a national prize, do you find yourself paying attention to what's going on around you and playing defense to assure um, these other teams of not getting stacks? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, 
you know, sometimes it, it messes you up a little bit, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't have that big of an impact. I mean, you know, you're always adjusting during a draft. You're always making loud, you know, you're always kind of like making decisions and, and switching gears, but that one was a pretty big one. Cause my goal from the onset was get young, good running back in the first or second round and get Kelsey or Andrews if you can. And so that started off well. I figured third round I'd go, and then I would just, you know, I would hit wide receiver, try and pick up like a Lamar Jackson if I got Andrews and just start like filling in the pieces from there. So yeah, that was like, it just threw everything off. But yeah, I do play a little bit of defense and, but I didn't with, I didn't with Fossum. I didn't with Brady and, and, and Shelly's team. Well, well, let me ask you a little bit about Brady then, because I stole some of Balky's thunder about Andrews and Allen. And, and you know what? You had a good plan, but I like your reality better. And then when you got down here, I would I would have thought you would have waited on quarterback a little later. Uh, was, was Tom Brady part of your defense? Was that you playing defense? I, I would love to say yes, but no, it wasn't. I only realized it after the fact. I was looking at it this way. Is I went to Because if you look after that, there was mm-hmm. a little bit of a quarterback run. So, mm-hmm. like, if, if, I had, if I had not taken Brady, I would have been left with some people who I really aren't that high on. Yeah, Derek Carr, I, yeah, I could deal with Derek Carr, and I really like Mac Jones. But, um, like, Brady wouldn't make it back to me. Prescott wouldn't. Stafford, none of those guys would have. So... I'm kind of glad I did. And the, the idea being is I'm hoping that I get at least 27, 28 points out of one of those quarterbacks, uh, you know, a week. And hopefully they stay healthy all year. So if I can just have one of them do well, then I don't have to have the third quarterback. Well, your argument could be that you could lead the league in quarterback scoring every week. And that would be that would be a great way to get a leg up on everyone. Liz, you know, and by the way, talking with Liz Ballard at Liz Ballard 09 on Twitter, 12 time FFPC and football guys uh, league champion. You're being very modest about your draft right now. And and I don't know. I mean, it sounds like you don't think that that you were getting some value falling to you in this draft. But I thought you picked these these players off pretty good. You know, when you're drafting against six pro pros that are not necessarily as familiar with the format as you, I think sometimes you can take advantage of that. But I mean, I'm I'm looking at your draft here, Liz, and and especially the first five rounds. I thought you did a great job with a lot of value falling to you. Uh, the first few uh, picks, according to the Best Ball Tournament ADP, which Fantasy Mojo uh, publishes um, uh, on his site, I think you got good value not only with with Mark Andrews in the second. I thought Michael Pittman was a good value for him in the third. Josh Allen, say what you will about that, that was a good value. And Josh Jacobs and Elijah Mitchell really continuing that even. Even Hunter Renfro, uh, to to a certain point, when you were drafting this team, did you feel like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect this guy to be here? Oh wow, now this guy's here too. I got to take him. Did you feel like that was happening to you? A little bit. I didn't really want Jacobs in the fifth, but I was kind of like, ah. Uh, but yeah, like Elijah Mitchell, I was happy to get him, and Rashad White. I've never been able to get him. He's always he is always like gobbled up right before he gets to me. And so I was thrilled that he made it to me in the yeah. 10th because as I've been I was checking out the Mojo data before I I came on and he's going in like the ninth, you know, every now and then he'll like he was in the 12th round in the first um Joe's versus Joe's, but that's that's an aberration. That's you know, he's usually going ninth, tenth round, early tenth, late ninth. So what, I was thrilled to get. What is it that you like about that player, what, Liz? What What do you like about that player? Because I like him too, and I'm curious if we agree on the reasons why. He's young. He's got Tom Brady throwing to him. He's on the Bucks. You know, I'm. Uh, that's that's mainly it. Mm-hmm. What are you your know, thoughts? You know, when the Bucks lost their starting center this week, that. That's one area yeah. for concern for me, but I, I really like this player, and I agree with Balky uh, that you know the numbers speak for themselves. And you were getting value, or you were right at it. I recently completed a football guys draft where to get the guys that I wanted, to get the guys that I liked, I overpaid by about ten spots for every one of them, and I, it's uh, and I didn't mind it, but you know it's better, <laughs> it's better for you to be drafting after. Uh, Darren's ADP from his mojo that he so provides us with. So congratulations on getting white. 
Liz, what, what, talking about White, do you think, because now, you know, we saw the report on Leonard Fournette, uh, you know, weighing in at 260 at OTAs about a month or so ago. He showed up at like 245 or roughly that at, at training camp now. Do you think that that there's going to be another buying opportunity for Rashad White now that people maybe have more faith in Leonard Fournette now that they've seen his weight? Um, do you think he's going to slip a little bit in, in drafts now going forward? Sure, sure. And I think that, you know, we've got six weeks left before the season starts. So there's still going to be a lot of movement on these boards. I'm, you know, people are going to get hurt. People who were expected to be doing well are going to underperform, you know, just, you know, there's going to be movement for sure. He could definitely move, but there's, I mean, I've been watching Julio Jones. He's been, he's been coming up the board. I thought I took it by taking him at the 13, that that was a huge reach, but now I'm fine. You know, as it start, you know, as, as reports from camp start coming out that, you know, he's looking good. He's starting to move into the 12th and the 11th. I think you just set the ADP on that at pros versus Jones. I was <laughs> watching to see what would happen. And then Liz, you got him in the 13th. And then everybody's like, well, Liz Ballard, 12-time FFPC League champ, is drafting the 13th. I got to go to the 12th. I got to go to the 11th and take him. It's a, it's, it could be possible. Um, we're talking about stacking early and how you, you try to block other people um, from forming these stacks. In this draft, you actually formed a couple of stacks. Josh Allen, you draft early. You get Isaiah McKenzie, who's been coming on in training camp as your last pick. And then Tom Brady, you mentioned Julio Jones. And then you also get Kyle Rudolph in, in this. How important is, is stacking to you? when you're in a closed 12 team league like this, where you just have to beat 11 other teams, but also in the, in the main event and also in the football guys players championship, we're stacking the right players during the championship round could be a huge deal. Well, I especially like it in best ball, certainly because you can have, you can throw, you know, two, two stacks together. And if one of them hits, that's great. You're not like killed. If one of them just like, you know, if one offense just doesn't show up one week, you're not dead. So you still have a chance to score some points. Um, I think it's pretty important though, in the big tournaments. I mean, I think that that's, that that's going to be what sets you apart. We'll see. I suppose. Well, and Bonky left out the, the, the most thrilling stack that you have of your two Raiders, uh, Jacobs and Renfro. I would not have argued if you went and got a third quarterback uh, to have Carr, but that, probably would have been overkill. And speaking of overkill, our associate Dave Turp probably would have fallen out of his chair. But, you know, we're, we're all bragging about your team right now, but but we loved your team while you were assembling it. It's certainly not uh, hindsight in in what we liked about this team. Now, I, I saw that your 15th round pick. And I called a friend of mine in the football business today who I know was on the East Coast, and I know he's making his way to the uh, Washington Commanders camp. And I wanted to ask him about Brian Robinson because he's very close with this organization. Oh, you got a friend visiting there, Liz. Yes. And the uh, hi, friend. <laughs> yeah, well, Liz, I, who I, is that? Who is that? This is Missy. Missy. Hello, Missy. Good Missy, to welcome see to the you. program. Absolutely. The, uh, you know, every every fantasy player, just like every football player, has got to have a little dog in them, Liz. You know, just <laughs> get in there and get after it. Hey, so Brian Robson, I asked this this gentleman, I said, what, what do you expect? He says, well, I don't know. we got to figure it out. And I think that's exactly what the football team feels about it right now. And when you were there, can you remember who else – you might have taken bulky, might look at the board. I don't know yeah. and suggest it. But I was just curious about that pick because that is we, we talk about dart throws. That's my dart throw because I'm I really don't know what's happening there. And I'm very anxious to see some preseason football and see what Brian Robinson looks like. Jarek McKinnon was still available. He was an option. Um, but I, I needed to get some running backs. At that point, I think mm -hmm. I had only drafted for running backs. So um, I like, I like taking, you know, I, I like taking a shot on some of these rookies. And from what I hear, he's big, you know, he could get the goal line carries. You just never know. I mean, Gibson, I mean, he's, he's had a little bit of an injury history. Yes. So, you know, I, I got no problem with taking somebody like Robinson. He's hungry. He's a rookie. He's got something to prove. And if he stays healthy, you know, even if it was a 50-50, you know, split, that would be in the 15th round. Dang. Fantastic. 
Yeah, it's very, very big. Um, another running back, Liz, that that was out there at that point, and I think he went probably um, a little over a round later, and he's been rising up ADPs in in the Football Guys Players Championship. Was Chris Evans, pass catching running back, who might be the um, you know backup to Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Do you have any thought about him there, or was the untapped, unknown upside of Brian Robinson worth more? Well, I guess it was worth more to you there with Brian Robinson over Chris Evans. I, I it was, and you know what? I'm not sure that Samahe Perrine is gone. I mean, he's hmm. he's still a big part of that, and he had some flashes last year. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that Chris Evans is necessarily the heir apparent if if Mixon goes down. So. Um, we also have, by the way, in the YouTube chat right now, Liz, uh, Dave Gladstone pointing out that that uh, you play poker with him. I did. Yeah, and, but not anymore. Or you still do, or 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 is this an ongoing thing? I I, I think it's a different Liz Ballard. That's not me. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's there's more than one Liz. But well, I'm glad Dave Gladstone's watching you anyway because he's learning a lot about high stakes fantasy football tonight for sure. Um, so, so uh, Farrell asked you about Brian Robinson. I want to get to a couple of emails uh, tonight that came in for you. Uh, first one is from Mark in Cincinnati. Uh, speaking of Chris Evans, do you have a favorite late round running back you've been drafting a lot this season? Thanks, Liz. That is Mark in Cincinnati. We just talked about Brian Robinson, Liz. Is there, has there been another uh, running back that has been going late in football guys drafts that you've been zeroing in on or, or grabbing in multiple drafts so far? Yeah, I'm, I I'll take Matt Breda. I will definitely. I mean, he's the he's the second. You know what? He was so underutilized last year in in Buffalo. It was such a disappointment. You know, he's he's really doesn't have a whole lot of wear on the on the tires, and you know he's been kind of sitting for a few seasons. I was thinking he would be ready to, and raring to go, but it just didn't happen. So I do like Breda. I like Brian Robinson. Um, uh, Tyler Batty from, uh, from Baltimore. DC, uh, Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he could have some opportunity depending on what the health is of the other two running back. Well, three running backs, you know, so that that could be interesting. Um, that's about it as far as the late. I love the rookies this year. You know, I love Tyler Algier. Um, I love Isaiah Sp uh, Spiller. Um who are some other ones? Um, James Cook, I think he could, you know, he's going a little bit too early now before it used to, if you could get him in the, you know, ninth or 10th, that was a much better deal. But now he's going in more of like the, uh, well, he's going, he went in the ninth. So, yeah, I mean, I like James Cook too. So what a glorious about, year for rookie running backs. Well, yeah, and, and uh, to, to that end, Liz, what about Damian Pierce uh, in Houston? Is, is he a guy you're looking at or is he going too high? <laughs> Well, it's it's not only is he going too high, but he plays for the Texans. It's like, oh uh, my goodness, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's not to say that they're not going to have a, you know, that they're not going to have a few players that are going to be worthy. But like, I would almost rather take a, you know, you know, like a Kareem Hunt. Well, not Kareem Hunt, but that's not a good example. But I'd rather take a Rashad White than, than you know. And you did. Yeah. So I just. You know, I mean, what are the are, are the Texans going to be ahead and running the ball, running the running the clock out? You know, are they going to really be handing off to this guy? So, eh. Um, one of the earlier questions we had for you in the uh, YouTube chat was from Hudson Kern Reeve. Um, he wants to know, as long as we're talking about rookie running backs here, he wants to know: Is Pierre Strong a decent late round pick? I'm sorry, is who? Pierre Strong from New England. Uh, I really don't know. Honestly, uh, possibly. I don't know. And I, I, I hear New England backfield and I just run. So <laughs> I don't uh, think, you know, you know, Liz, I, there's, there's a football executive that I'll do business with. And when he doesn't want to tell me something or when he particularly doesn't have an idea, he will uh, tell me this. I will make a question and he will say, Farrell, it's hard to say. And I just love that answer. That covers everything. It's hard to say. It's just that, you know, so just tell the professor, eh, it's hard to say. Yeah, um, I, go ahead, Liz. Yeah, I'm just, I, I honestly, I really don't know enough about him to, to make a, you know, it, it's hard to say, Farrell. Yes, it is. Um, Liz, Farrell's going to ask you his uh, final question tonight. But before he does, I do want to ask you if you were to grade your draft, 
in the pros versus Joes on an A to F scale, since you are a teacher, um, what grade would you give that squad? Let's say uh, you didn't know which one you drafted and you looked at that uh, team from the nine spot. What grade would you give it uh, in hindsight now? Probably a B, maybe a B minus. You know, I like I like team three. I really kind of like team one a little bit. Um, one thing that I don't necessarily like about three is the waiting so long on the tight end. Other oh, yeah. than that, I, I you know, Evan, Samuel, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, that's like, plus with C-Mac as, as they're, you know, as sort of the anchor running back, mm -hmm. that's a good squad. So, yeah. And that was uh, former guest of the show, Shelly Fawson's team from three. And team one, who you also liked, you saw his team. Well, maybe you didn't, show, or uh, Shelly, maybe you didn't, Liz. But uh, Rashad Cobb was on this yeah. program about a month and a half ago, roughly. And he was talking about pros versus show. So interesting here that um, one of the, the um, most experienced drafters in this league, Liz, you, like not only your squad, but two other very accomplished FFPC Joes, I think we know who has the upper hand between the Joes and the pros in this draft for sure. Farrell, final question for Liz, who's been so gracious tonight. Well, yes, Liz, you have, and thank you very much. And I very much like your grade of B for, for someone who spent six years in higher education, uh, really personifying the meaning of, of making a gentleman C. I, I really think B is a great grade for you and that, and, you know, and, and I'll also, you, you continue a lifelong, uh, winning streak for me i have never met a liz and it continues that i did not like but i want to ask you something who do you really like who do you really love in this year's draft somebody that you have to have somebody that you wince in pain when someone grabs him before you and then who's a player that you're just not going to get involved with i mean i'll be honest all the players I'm not getting involved with are on the Carolina Panthers. But, mm. you know, where are you? Where are you with those two questions? I have a lot of Tim Patrick. I love Tim Patrick. I love the Denver offense this year. Uh, I think that he is going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. Um I never, I'm, I'll, I'll reach a couple of rounds to make sure I get him because I, if I don't, I'll just be like talking to myself and I'll be like up at four o'clock in the morning, like five. <laughs> so, um, Tim Patrick, and then the one who, I'm not real big on the Bears teams this year, um, but also there's nobody who's ruled out yet. I'm, I'm doing a lot of drafts right before the season starts. So I'm sort of, I'm not ruling anybody out, but I have not been picking any Bears players. I've been avoiding Jacksonville, been avoiding the Jets, and that could turn around and bite me in the behind. Is there any, Liz, and, and, and uh, final question for you now, is there any value in drafting these teams that are not expected to be very good, that regardless of how good the offense is or not, that they – could spend the majority of fourth quarters getting a lot of garbage passing time and putting up numbers, even though they're not very good. Do you ever look at that at all when you're drafting? Oh, absolutely. Like somebody like Elijah Moore, like, you know, he, I think the jets are probably going to be behind, but the, the game's going to be somewhat close. I think he's probably going to get, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know if the jets are going to be good. Like, you know, every year it's like, all right, the jets are going to like, you know, like reach 500 or win a few games. And it's like, no, maybe next year. So, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of getting burned by them. So, you know, yeah, no, I mean, it, there's Elijah Moore, I guess would be the best one to, to give us. An so you gotta, yeah. you gotta pick, you gotta pick and choose. You gotta get the right players on those bad, on those bad teams, but that could put up great offensive numbers. Right. Exactly. Uh, playing the game, of course. Exactly. You got it. Um, we will continue to watch you um, in, in your uh, drafts this year, creating your own stacks, preventing other people from stacking against you. Uh, <laughs> we will follow you on Twitter at LizBallard09. And uh, listen, good luck in the pros versus Joes. You're saying B. I, I think you're in the A area for this draft. I, I, you know, We don't really have the time to, to go through each of these teams individually anymore when we broadcast the pros versus Joes. But I remember looking at that when I was posting it on social media afterwards, 
and I and I wanted to make sure I was looking at your team because I knew you're going to be our guest tonight. And I thought you did pretty good, uh, a pretty good job. Not only were you fortunate where, where you got some value falling to you, you know, you can always get value falling to you, but it's up to you to like take advantage of that. You took advantage of it, got some really good values early. I thought you made some pretty sharky picks late. I think this is a pretty good team in pros versus Joe's. Uh, and maybe it'll be your ticket to the uh, 2023 FFPC main event. Until then, good luck in the football guys players championship. Good luck in the 2022 FFPC main event on winning that uh, million dollars. And thanks so much for making us part of your Friday night. We appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great night. You do the same. Thank Liz Ballard, ladies and gentlemen, want to thank her for popping on. That was good stuff, Farrell. And one of the things, and, and this has been be my big takeaway right now, initially, as I process this interview in my mind, Dave uh, Tripoli has said, um, when I broadcast some of the um, best ball tournament drafts, uh, about um, stacking for the sake of stacking or going out of your way to stack. Um, sometimes that can bite you. And I feel like Liz thought blocking a stack bit her um, when, when she ended up doing that early on in the process. But, you know, I, I think she recovered nicely. And, and quite frankly, I don't know how much of a recovery it took because she has a really strong team here. Yeah. Um, this is a good team. And um, she, it's a solid team with the players she put together. Realization is that there's no waiver wire. So she mm-hmm. she has players that are prepared to play, that have played full seasons, that play hurt, that are used to carrying heavy, heavy loads. You know, the news out of Las Vegas is Josh Lake, uh, Jacobs carries a little less load. Well, maybe in this format, that could be good for her. Maybe Josh Jacobs' availability being the best ability throughout an entire season where he is healthy. And and so I like what she did here. She's got high-volume players. She's got strength at every position, physical strength of players. And then she's got guys, when she goes a little smaller, she has physical skills like a Renfro. Uh, once again, she takes a player that's got a little dog in it. I can't remember if Terp said this um, when we were talking about Liz's team Tuesday night when we were, when we were broadcasting this. But to me, knowing how Dave drafts and and knowing uh, what we have seen be successful in, in the best ball tournament and pros versus Joe's, I, I think the team, you know, Dave always says construction is so key. Yeah, you got to get the right players, but construction is big too. And I think the fact that she was able to get two tight ends in the first nine rounds, the fact that she got three stud running backs in the first six rounds, didn't ignore the position the rest of the way, still got three more, especially two upside guys in Brian Robinson and Rashad White, and really pounded the receivers late. We've seen that formula being a pretty successful one. Uh, mm-hmm. So we wish Liz nothing but the uh, the best. I, I think she did a very good job. We are going to try to help right now. Some other uh, viewers uh, do a very good job in their drafts this year with uh, answering some emails here, and we're going to kick things off. In Dallas, Ed writes in, hi, guys, which Titans wideout is the one to draft this year, Traylon Burks or Robert Woods? I know we've touched on this in the past. However, here's what we know, the new information. And by the way, thank you for emailing, Ed. Traylon Burks, according to Titans GM John Robinson, did really good with the conditioning test. We're really good with breathing and everything. Everything, it sounds like it's going great. That's fantastic. However, I am still nervous about Burks this year. Take the breathing thing out of the equation. Being a rookie, a guy I remember I did not like in the pre-draft process at all, and a guy in Robert Woods who I really like, who is not a rookie this year, a guy who's been targeted a lot, a guy who's a really good blocker, who's going to be on the field a ton. These guys are going back-to-back in football guys' drafts right now, Farrell. Traylon Burks at the 8-11, Robert Woods at the 9-01, wide receiver 43, wide receiver 44. Um, if I'm drafting a lot of teams, yeah, I might take Burks a couple of times, but Woods is the guy by and large I'm going to take over Burks this year, especially considering they're going basically at the same price. Oh yeah, I, I think that's um, I think that's a no contest in favor of Woods. Now, what we can talk about Burks is with the health staff there with the team, he'll learn how to handle his asthma. He'll he'll be given. He'll be given assistance. He'll be given the best meds. He'll just, he'll know when to use his inhaler and when to have it with him. And he'll be fine in that regard. As a wide receiver, uh, I remember the Arkansas Ole Miss game. If you want to fall in love with Burks, look at that film. There's there's evidentiary uh, 
play that he is an elite ball player. But there's one thing running past the, the players uh, down in Jackson and Oxford, Mississippi, and one thing lining up against uh, cornerbacks like your beloved J.R. Alexander in Green Bay. Um, it's a learning curve. And your beloved J.R. Alexander in Louisville. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Jay? <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're in a situation where uh, Woods uh, has, has – uh, not only done it well for a long time, he does a lot of things on the field. Um, maybe people are a little shy about the injury. I see I see players that missed half the season last year uh, from injury. Those are the players that are so focused on getting back and so focused on rehab and, and just have missed football so much and want to hit the – hit the field with the very first game with the best effort that they've ever had in football. And so many of our fantasy players look at those players and say, oh, no, he missed time. He missed half the season. It's happening with Derrick Henry. I assume it's happening with Woods. Why else would he be going so late? And I think it's largely a mistake um, for our fantasy players to think that way. Um, let's talk about speaking of receivers here, we'll shift over to the NFC and, and I know Liz touched on this a little bit as well, but Jeremy in Naples, Florida, Hey, Balky and Farrell, how do you think Julio Jones coming to Tampa is going to affect Russell Gage's usage? I was talking about this on, uh, Sirius XM, uh, fantasy football mornings, John Hanson and Paul Kelly today. We were talking about the Julio Jones, Russell Gage thing. And I think I was talking about this with Howard Benner on Fantasy Alarm. Not that I'm trying to drop all these names. I'm not. I just can't remember mm -hmm. where I talked about it. With. But um, but Julio Jones uh, has settled in is between the 11th, 12th, 13th round. That's where I've seen him going. Usually that 12, 13 turn is, is where I'm seeing. Now, Russell Gage, on the other hand, Farrell, had been charging towards potentially being a late fifth round pick. That has obviously stopped. Unless Julio Jones gets hurt in the preseason, there's no way Russell Gage makes it up to a fifth-round pick. And right now he has fallen to the 804 on average in the Football Guys Players Championship um, over the last three days, wide receiver 42. Now here's why I'm going to stump for Russell Gage. I know Chris Godwin's not on the pup, um, and I know he's practicing. I'm still unconvinced that week one is a rock-solid, stone-cold, like he's going to be out there, no question, and he's going to be the Chris Godwin we know. That could happen. I remain skeptical. Number two, I also remain skeptical that Julio Jones is all of a sudden going to be a guy that plays 17 games this season, meaningful snaps in all of them, and takes away the value from Russell Gage. Now, that's two big things right there. And when you add in Mike Evans, who has missed time the last couple of years as well, you're talking about a, a lack of, 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 uh, of a solid tight end. You're talking about Mike Evans, um, Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin, who all have injury issues or have had injury issues in the past, I feel, and I always say this about um, a lot of things when it comes to fantasy sports, these things have a way of working themselves out. Yeah. I think Russell Gage is going to find a way onto the field. I think he's going to find a way to be productive. We already know Tom Brady personally recruited him there. He is back to being a buy for me in the early eighth. And I'd probably take him in the mid seventh, maybe even the early seventh right now as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Balky, I think you would be correct to do so. I, you know, fantasy football is such a great hobby and, and people love to draft the excitement of moving through the draft. But Liz also, when she talked about it, she had a plan. She, she approached it with a plan and she said she went off her plan, but you know, I like the outcome. My point is this, if, if when I'm drafting, I'm looking at the opportunity to build a team. That's the fantasy aspect of it to me as just exactly what a general manager would do. And if I'm going to build a team, I want to build it with a drop back quarterback that throws from the pocket, makes all the reads, makes all the passes, makes all the throws. Tom Brady is that guy, and he did it 713 times in the regular season last year. There's enough to go around for everyone on this team that you just mentioned to be successful, more so than lesser receivers, lesser quality receivers, lesser depth at the receiver position that have quarterbacks that throw the ball 525 to 550 times a year. So I, I am all for being involved in this offense. Any way you can get there, the further gauge uh, drops, the, the bigger value he is. 
and you can figure out exactly with your ADP that uh, Darren provides us because it's an unfair advantage. If you don't have the mojo, you should. You want to have that, and you want to see where you can put these teams together. But whoever is in business in Tampa with receivers is going to be rewarded probably beyond where they were drafted this year. Um, we have to talk about another potential award in Cleveland, and this is thanks to Bill and Kerry, North Carolina. What are your expectations for Donovan Peoples-Jones this year, mm -hmm. opposite Amari Cooper with no Jarvis Landry? Appreciate you. That is Bill in Cary, North Carolina. I saw a blurb, um, believe it was yesterday, um, from uh, Jake Trotter, who I believe works for SI. Is that is that? No, ESPN now. He's with mm -hmm. ESPN. Covers the Browns there. And he actually said uh, on Twitter that the Browns are counting on DPJ to fill a big role opposite Amari Cooper. I have listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of content, pumping up David Bell and, and the fact of, of how good he was in college and the role he is going to fill in, in Cleveland. He's been hurt uh, a little bit, but he does not have the experience of Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is a guy who has averaged uh, the better part of 18 yards per catch his first two years in the league. Um, last year, he went from 300 yards to 600 yards receiving, even though he missed three more games last year. And um, when you consider the uh, draft capital that you have to give up in order to uh, to get Peoples-Jones and the fact that you can get what we think might be um, Deshaun Watson's number two receiver. And we'll see, I think, early next week is when we're hoping to find some resolution in that Deshaun Watson uh, saga. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 18th round, wide receiver, 83. Farrell, this fits the, the theme we've had tonight. Players going super late in drafts that should be good targets for you. DPJ is one of them for me. I've got him on several teams already this year. I'll probably add him on a few more. Keep adding him, Balky, wherever you can get him. He's a guy that caught 34 passes last year when he was healthy with a hodgepodge of quarterback contribution. Um, he re He's sort of a... Uh, the underpaid uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling in Ooh. this offense. He's a, he's he's got that kind of deep field uh, uh, movement in his legs. Uh, uh, I think the only thing he did for fantasy players last year that they would be disappointed about is I was going to start him one Thursday night, and it was announced that he had injured himself in pregame warmups. I did the same thing. As the kicker was approaching yep. the ball, and perhaps if you if I had been better tuned into Twitter or some sort of bot, I could have captured that earlier. But that was the only disappointment that I had from owning that player. He's on a he's on two of uh, he's on sixty six percent of my dynasty teams, and and it's uh, I think this is one of the steals of the draft. It's what makes you wish that you could trade draft picks and get three eighteen round draft yes, picks because, exactly. You know, and this guy is just, he, you know, especially uh, whatever quarterback we see there, if we, if we do get Watson at a certain time this season, these two will be uh, majestic together. I remember that game last year because I was, oh. I, I was, I can't remember what I had some going on on Thursday. And then I, I started watching the game in the middle of the second quarter. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen Peoples Jones out there yet. What are <laughs> he doing tonight? I had no idea. I mean, he was in my lineup and I found out. Yeah. He was I was like, and then I, I didn't even realize he was inactive until because then I forgot about it. And then after the game, I'm looking at the box score and I'm looking at my fantasy scores. And I'm like, how did he get a zero tonight? Inactive. Mm -hmm. One of those mm -hmm. things, we deal with it. It's, you know, part of life. Um, also part of life, Naheem Hines, at least life in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Let's get to our final email tonight. Jim in San Francisco. Frank Reich seems to be a fan of Naheem Hines. For fantasy purposes, does that mean I should be targeting him in my drafts too? Now, remember back in May, um, when Frank Reich was talking to the media, he said that if he played fantasy football, he considered drafting Naheem Hines, which is kind of interesting. If the head coach is saying this, maybe we should look. And I, the follow-up, obviously, if I was in that media room, I'd have been like, um, is, is this non-PPR, half-PPR, PPR? <laughs> coach, what are we thinking here? Because that, that's going to be crucial to how I write this up. Um, he actually played um, uh, with Jonathan Taylor on the same play a lot of times. They are in the same backfield a lot of times last year. And had some success, this according to uh, 107.5, the fans, Kevin Bowen in Indianapolis. Um, now, obviously, Hines, if Taylor gets hurt, he is not going to be the workhorse. This is not a, a handcuff-type player. Um, but he does have some standalone value. Mm -hmm. And when you consider how talented of a pass catcher he is, I remember, um, Farrell, when he was a rookie, 
And I was in some dynasty leagues with some pretty accomplished FFPC players, and they were trading future firsts away to move up to draft Naheem Hines because of that pass-catching ability. When we look at what his ADP is right now, we look at the mojo uh, for Naheem Hines, and he is actually going currently as uh, running back. Um, oh, I just had it, and I lost it. I apologize. I, I knew this was going to happen once tonight, and it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. um, why can't I find it here? This is really frustrating. Um, but when you look at the draft capital here, uh, for Naheem Hines, uh, Farrell, uh, running back 43. He's going at the 1109. This is right before Michael Carter, Alexander Madison. It's right after Ronald Jones, Isaiah Spiller. In order to take Hines here, you have to give up on the prospect of Rojo being the guy in Kansas City um, if there's an injury. Isaiah Spiller taking over for Eckler if there's an injury. And you can say the same thing about Michael Carter in New York and Alexander Madison in Minnesota. But if you're looking for a high uh, floor, uh, maybe a lower ceiling type guy, Naheem Hines could be your guy in the 11th round. Yeah, things have to happen for those other players to contribute, and they will contribute some. But we, you've got a player here that should catch 60 balls. He caught 40 last year. He's caught 60 before. Last year, when running the ball, he averaged almost five yards a carry. And now you've got the coach saying, hey, we're going to keep this guy and get this guy involved. I very much like it, especially with the quarterback that's there now. So, again, you've got a you've got a guy that goes with this quarterback, it's the kind of quarterback I like, a guy that drops in the pocket, goes through his progressions and goes through them quickly and is not going to hold the ball and wait for the play to uh, – to develop, to dump the ball off to Himes quickly where he can put those feet in play and, and get uh, yards after the catch. I really, really like what the quarterback will do for this player. And, you know, it's, we, we've been told now to expect uh, good things from, uh, from Naheem Hines. We are expecting good things from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. The My first main event, uh, slow draft, um, done. Happy with how it turned out. Very excited about that. And uh, if you want to, the second uh, slow draft is already filling up. This is the two-a-days division. Uh, but more importantly, only five spots left in that kickoff division. That's the first live draft of the KFFSC main event. That's going off 9 o'clock Eastern time, Sunday night. Five teams left. You can sign up for that and other leagues, draft masters, live events, uh, not only in Louisville and uh, Cincinnati as well. Uh, so make sure you're doing that at KFFSC.com. Farrell, it was a great first week with you, not only doing pros versus Joes, but this program tonight. And I will see you at 8, 7 Central on uh, Sunday evening, man. You sure will, buddy. See you then. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football at KFFSC and at J. Farrell Elliott on Twitter. Check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. Want to thank tonight's guest, Liz Ballard, for hopping on the 12-time FFPC League champ, Farrell Elliott. I want to thank the FFPC, Bryce, Rob, and Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you. We are not off until Friday. We're going to be back for pros versus Joes. Week number two, Sunday night at 8, 7 central. It's the finish him league number four. Uh, we're going to have Joe's featuring Jeremiah Turner, Chris Herbert, Steve Schatzel, uh, Chris Hammond, Larry Weinhauer, former guest of this show, uh, James DeVito, and another former multiple-time guest of this show and a guy who placed two teams in the top 10 of the 2022, I beg your pardon, 2021 Football Guys Players Championship, John Terry. So they will be uh, out for blood tonight or uh, Sunday night, and they will be going against a pretty loaded pros lineup. Once again, four for fours, John Paulson, Brian Drake, and Dwayne McFarland. Uh, Dwayne McFarland, a former guest of this show from the Fantasy Football Hustle. Rotowire has Jim Coventry, JJ Zacharyson from Late Round Fantasy Football, Yahoo Sports, Scott Pianowski, and of course, Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch. They will make up the six pros that will be taking on the six Joes Sunday night at 8, 7 central. Remember, if you want to take your shot at a million bucks, do so at myffpc.com. Sign up for the main event. Um, a $1 million grand prize at stake there. So you definitely want to hop aboard and take your shot at a season-long fantasy football industry record grand prize. Multiple football guys drafts filling up each and every day. In fact, as I look right now, we have one midnight draft filled. If you want to jump into the second midnight draft we have going on tonight, <clears throat> Hudson Kern Reef, um, we have four spots left in that. That goes off in about 
50. That's five zero minutes. So make sure you're signing up for that. Take your shot at a $500,000 grand prize. Um, the 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament Grand Prize and Prize Pool has been doubled to $200,000 and $1 million, still only $125 to enter. The Superflex Best Ball Tournament is the fastest filling contest we have right now, about 80% filled. $35 could be your ticket to a $10,000 grand prize. Dynasty Startup starting at $77, still available at myffpc.com. We'll let those run for about another month, month and a half, somewhere around there. Uh, so you have some time to join in uh, some more uh, Dynasty Startups as well, which we encourage that. And of course, uh, slow, live, and sit-and-go timers available for best balls, as well as classics, varsity format, Terminator format, everything you could possibly imagine, all at myffpc.com. Remember, if you enjoyed watching this video, like the video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, and of course, share. I know I feel a little hokey asking you to do that, but it does help the FFPC channel. It helps make the program better, and uh, you learn a lot more because of it. So that's what I'll say right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, watching this evening. We'll be back Sunday night at 8, 7 Central. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I bring you good news. Our glad tidings and good news of great joy. Man, it's been a long time since I've been in um, uh, Lutheran grade school. I should remember that verse from the Bible. I said there's four spots left in tonight's midnight draft, second midnight draft. There's actually five spots. So I just opened up a spot for you. If you want to take advantage of that, and maybe this will be the league that somebody says uh, when you ha you're on this show coming up in January and say, hey, um, uh, and I say to you, hey, how did you win this $500,000? You say, well, bulky. I was watching your podcast with Liz Ballard on July 29th, and you encouraged me to jump in the midnight draft. And that's the league I won it all from. You never know. There's a non-zero chance of that happening. Uh, so I invite you to jump in tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun drafting this weekend, the final weekend of high-stakes fantasy football drafting for the month of July. And then we're on to August, ladies and gentlemen. It's all happening. It's all here. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk to you on Sunday at 8, 7 Central.